He slept in his parents' bedroom until he was 13. He wet the bed until he was 14. He doesn't know how to ride a bike. Apparently, he has friends. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. I'm Evan Wexel, and this is a podcast where I interview a different Facebook friend every episode. Uh, this is going to be a very unique one. And by the way, you can get all the old episodes at awkwardwithevan.com and awkwardwithevan on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So yes, this is a very unique episode. This is my first Facebook friend interview of an elected official. His name is Kevin Kiley. He is an assemblyman in California. He's been doing that for probably over four years now. And, uh, he's kind of, uh, earned, earned the praise of a lot of people in the state because he stood up for, uh, a lot of independent contractors who were, uh, unclassified as independent contractors by an evil labor job killing law. And, He's been able to stand up in terms of suing our governor for exercising uh, his one-man rule, and he actually won the case. I mean, it's it's being appealed now, but he won it, and he has a book coming out now called Recall Newsom, so I thought it's coming out in January. What better time than to interview this guy? And uh, I tried to keep it a little unscripted as I could. I tried to make it a little more offbeat because I know he appears on a lot of news stations or newspaper publications where it's very straightforward. I tried to mix it up, but at the same time, I did want to have the chance to share what he's experiencing, what I'm experiencing, what everyone in California is experiencing in terms of the current scene. Uh, so without further ado, I mean, I'm just going to give it to you guys commercial free straight through. This is my talk with assemblyman Kevin Kiley. This is Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel, and uh, I interview a different Facebook friend every episode. And this episode is my first elected official. That's also my Facebook friend. Um, he is busy. I will read what it says about him because he has a book coming out. Um, he is just reelected to the state assembly with the highest vote ever for a Republican in California history. He's a graduate of Yale and Harvard Law School, former high school teacher in South Central LA, and the first 100% citizen-backed legislator. Kevin Kiley, how dare you not take special interest donations anymore? Welcome to Socially Awkward. Thanks very much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, were you shocked at all that Newsom did not pick you to be the new Secretary of State? Was this, uh, I mean... Yeah, not the new Senator, not the new Secretary of State. I uh, I don't know. I was shocked. I thought I'd be first on his list. I, I mean, it's been amazing just finding... You've kind of been almost like a folk hero. You've evolved to, to a lot of us here in California because of uh, starting back to AB5, which was a bill that completely misclassified a, a lot of us uh, in the state. Um, I guess, I don't know, how, how could a, a law like that get passed in the first place, in your, in your opinion? AB5, well, yeah, I mean, as you know, AB5 is maybe the most corrupt law to ever pass in our state, one of the worst anywhere in the country ever to yeah. pass. Um, uh, put, uh, you know, uh, countless people, tens of thousands of people out of work or diminish their uh, work prospects. And it did so, you know, for the worst possible reason. And that was to reward the most powerful, wealthiest, uh, biggest spending political interest groups, special interests at the Capitol, which is these enormous uh, union conglomerates that have become 
uh, really the driving force behind everything that happens at the state capitol. They control our legislature. They control uh, our governor, to be sure. And they're responsible for the fact that AB5 passed and that it's largely remained in place, uh, even though it's caused such devastation to so many people. And I mean, it's woken up a lot of us, I think, that weren't as engaged. And we've been shaving it off. I mean, I know musicians now have their carve out, yet we have musicians carved out, comedians like myself, other like magicians, oh, so many others not carved out. Um, We did just say yes on Proposition 22 for rideshare companies. Um, There was a thought from some leading up to Prop 22 that maybe we should vote no because maybe Uber and Lyft will continue the fight for the entire law. Did you ever see it that way? Or do you think the right thing happened in November? Yeah, I mean, I think that I see where that argument is coming from. And um, I was frankly frustrated that Uber and Lyft uh, did not propose a uh, more far-reaching initiative um, and that they were not more directly involved uh, in the AB5 fight. And that at the end of the day, they simply... Uh, put on the ballot something that would only affect uh, their industries. So I certainly understood that argument. On the other hand, you know, passing Prop 22 did a number of things. First of all, it's kept Uber and Lyft in California and given their literally hundreds of thousands of drivers the ability to keep working. uh, That's very important in its own right. Uh, It certainly has weakened uh, the uh, foundation of the law because, you know, Uber and Lyft and their drivers were such were sort of the juiciest target among the special interests uh, who proposed it. So uh, it's provided a lot less reason uh, for uh, the folks in the legislature who are entirely controlled by special interests, but who also are hearing complaints from thousands of their constituents to, right. you know, continue to stand by the law. And then third, it's shown where the people of California stand. You know, it's shown that they have rejected the premise of AB5 emphatically. Uh, they rejected the idea that, you know, you should have to be forced into a W-2 employee-employer relationship against your will. And so I think that uh, as I fight to get the full law repealed this year, I've already proposed a bill AB25 to do just that. Right. Uh, you know, I'm going to make those who are the apologists for the law say, why is it that you think you can continue to defy the will of California voters? Very true. And you kind of even took that a step further. I think you and uh, Assemblyman Gallagher have actually taken our governor to court. Uh, you won. You had a permanent injunction. You, you're, you're, you're a kingslayer to, to many of us. Um, but where can you give the the impetus of like why what you were arguing in that case and where it stands now? Because I know there's like an appeal process going on as such. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the case was really just about uh, ending this idea of a one man rule or an autocracy in the state of California, because that's what Gavin Newsom has done is he's taken over uh, the legislative branch and its powers and taken on these extraordinary powers, which he thinks uh, he can do just because we have a state of emergency, which is, by the way, one that seems to be an endless state of emergency. So we took him to court to challenge that premise. And specifically, we said that he needs to stop violating the powers of the legislature and creating new laws on his own. That's what he's doing when he's ruling the state by fiat. And so we got a favorable ruling. We won a trial against him back in October. And the first thing he did after he lost was rushed to the Court of Appeals and he wanted them to throw out uh, our victory right away. The Court of Appeals said no to that, but they've now set up sort of a full-fledged, we've written our briefs and so now it's just, it's all in the court's hands and we're hoping we'll get a decision, you know, in a matter of weeks, but it's really up to the court. Right, because you you had your brief written and then I guess his side had their brief written and I guess just another court just decides this. Is it like a new 
circuit in a new level of, of court? Do you? Yeah, exactly. So every okay. uh, county has its own superior court. So we okay. won in the uh, Sutter County Superior Court. And then there's uh, an appeals court and there's seven what are called appeals uh, districts. Yeah. And so, you know, each district uh, oversees a certain number of the county superior courts. Um, so there's only seven of those districts. Um, and then, you know, the final level of appeal in the state court system would be the California Supreme Court. And of course, right. there's only one of those. Right. True. And and now at the same time, um, as now more and more people are aware, we have what's called a recall campaign going on for our governor. Now it's, it's been interesting cause I've been following it and I've, and I've been very active and, and I, and I go around, I do my drop-offs. I have my little recall right. thing over here. And um, we, I seem like California, like the GOP or, or other opinion leaders have kind of stayed away from it as of like, maybe more like a few weeks ago, things started changing and it seemed to be <clears throat> getting the headlines and you had, like celebrities speaking out about it. Um, what what have you taken from it? I mean, obviously, you are now writing a book called Recall Newsom, which is not recalling the fine memories you guys have had together. But it's uh, what uh, what is the format, I guess, of this book? I mean, is it like the the, the road to where we got to right now? Is it is it more of a, a persuasive? piece like how how did you form when did you find that i'm assuming this was written while the legislature was closed down for so many months but how did that come together for sure well it's it's laying out you know the case for the recall and mm-hmm. i view the recall as a citizens movement you know and it's right. not really uh, politicians who should be at the forefront of it which is why i haven't been really directly involved right. uh, you know at least up until now um, because I think that the point of a recall is for citizens to remove power from politicians, not for one set of politicians to try to, you know, reallocate power from another. So that's why I've had, um, you know, that sort of uh, posture towards the movement. Uh, it, but I've been unbelievably impressed uh, yeah. with the way that it's congealed and the way that it's, uh, you know, gotten to this point where now it's a viable movement to actually qualify uh, for the ballot, even though you need 1.5 million signatures, which is more than you've ever needed uh, for a recall. And so I decided that at this point, you know, my contribution to the effort could be to try to, you know, make the case to the broader public as to why what's happened with Gavin Newsom this year uh, merits the exceptional remedy, the exceptional intervention of a recall and how, in fact, the ways that he's abused his power this year reflect the broader corruption uh, that has beleaguered our state capital and has caused our state to be on this downward spiral uh, for many, many years to the point at which over half of the people in the state say they're thinking of leaving in public yeah. opinion. Oh, no, I mean, I'm I'm one of them. I mean, that was, I, I ran for state Senate. Um, ideally, I was, I was hoping to run against Portentino as a, as a write-in, I was hoping to advance. But one of the reasons I was running is so that I could get less government, like I'm running to be in the government to get less government it's almost like an oxymoron the way you want politics to kind of work. And uh, is it, is it a little like, how do you, I guess an overall question is how do you persevere when you know, not even like the Republican Democrats split in the legislature, but even like more of like, you know, the, the common sense and the decency that people like you put forward versus just like the selective hearing of so many. Um, How, how have you been able to like endure all of this and continue to do some, some positive things? 
uh, yeah, that's a really good question. And frankly, I knew what I was getting into when I ran for the legislature, yeah. albeit I could not have imagined that, you know, things would get as bad as they have in 2020. Right. Um, but, you know, my whole purpose uh, was to be disruptive and not for the sake simply of creating conflict, but for the sake of creating, uh, you know, the sort of uh, positive uh, conflict that leads to change. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, when I have to keep fighting and, you know, we keep getting knocked down and we keep having to you know, deal with the corrupt practices um, and the abusive practices of our legislature and our governor, uh, you know, it just makes me all the more motivated to keep fighting because I see directly what the consequences of that are. It's led, you know, our state to uh, deteriorate in a way that is devastating for millions of people. So, uh, you know, whenever I hit a brick wall in this Capitol, I have no problem getting back up and keep fighting because, that's what I signed up for. And because I know there are so many people uh, that are doing the same thing. Yeah. And I've noticed you've started approaching things from a local perspective. Can you tell me more like about what the healthy communities resolution does and what the hope is, how does that counteract maybe what the department of public health says in each County? Um, what right. So the, the, yeah. uh, the healthy communities resolution is something that I wrote uh, with some other legislators after this conference we organized in our region in Northern California of 15 different counties. And we had a conference of representatives from those counties discussing our shared frustrations with everything that's gone so haywire uh, with the state's COVID response. And so we distilled uh, our areas of agreement to a few principles. Like we need to get our business open. We need to get our schools open. We need to stop having this centralized control these command and control lockdowns. And so now different counties have been passing that resolution. And the idea is to form this uh, real collective counterweight uh, to the approach that the state has taken and to make uh, this call for uh, change at the local level uh, become so strong, you know, that uh, the governor's uh, hand is effectively forced. And I think that, you know, this um, approach grew out of uh, the sense that the governor has tried to just, you know, vanquish uh, all other uh, outlets for political authority or all other sources of of power within our government. So we've really looked around and found counties as perhaps the best way to really, um, you know, provide a uh, some pushback and a counterweight that is uh, more accessible to uh, people at the local level. Because you know, when Gavin Newsom is ruling the state with his stroke of his pen, there's no public access to that. You can't as a citizen go and say, well, you know, I want you to do this. He just does it. Whereas at least at the board of supervisors at the county level, uh, there's public access, there's public meetings, citizens can participate, you can contact your supervisor. And that's what we're seeing happening as citizens go and ask their supervisors to put the healthy communities resolution forward. So say like, like, say like go to Kern County or, or Alameda County, they say, you know, do some bans in outdoor dining. Also, that county can go ahead and pass the resolution saying, we have the science to say it doesn't spread. We can open up those businesses. Is that their pushback? Yeah. So that's what the counties are saying is that we okay. think we have the data at the local level that shows this is not a source of transmission. And, you okay. know, we should be allowed to uh, handle the situation in a way that reflects what's happening on the ground to real people and real businesses in our actual community. Okay. What, um, what got you into wanting to run for office in the first place? I know you went to Harvard, Yale Law, and Yale Law School. Like, was that the intention? Was it to work at a firm? Or what kind of was your origin story for this? 
Yeah, well, you know, I had a few different experiences. I actually taught high school uh, in inner city LA after college, and then I did go to law school. I was at a firm for a little while. I was a prosecutor, but in every uh, facet of my professional experience, I kind of hit the failures of our state government head on. I saw the kids that I was teaching struggling with our failed education system. I saw our criminal justice system going haywire uh, when I was a prosecutor with the state attorney general's office, and I saw the way that our uh, state's regulations and approach to business absolutely cripples uh, small businesses and even offer an opportunity when I was working in private practice. And so I had dabbled in politics when I was younger, but never been directly involved uh, sort of in my professional life. But having seen all of these issues firsthand and seeing that, you know, being so troubled by the overall decline of our state, uh, I figured that, you know, I might be able to uh, be a force for change. And so that's what I've tried to do since I was elected. And it's been uh, four years now, actually. Awesome. Have you seen like George Gascon? Do you have like a viewpoint on like his new policies in LA, down here in LA or not? Yeah. Really? I mean, Gascon is a disaster in okay. San Francisco. I mean, uh, it's really almost farcical that this yeah. guy would then be imported to an even uh, larger county. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, we'll see what happens. I am uh, very wary of, uh, you know, the citizens of LA County and for what they're going to have to deal with. Yeah. Oh, we're dealing with a lot. Um, I'll ask you some adjacent questions. Like, obviously, you, you're used to things on the state level. I believe with state bills, you know, you have to like read through the bills, I believe, in session. Do, is, some, is that just, I guess, doesn't happen on a federal level? Because right now we have like the stimulus bills being spoken of on how five and a half thousand pages were supposed to be consumed in three hours and then voted on. Do you Does that happen at the state level at all with like piles of provisions sneaking in or is it more thorough? You know, it does happen. There's all kinds of shenanigans that happens, particularly towards the end of the year uh, when stuff just kind of suddenly pops up without having gone through the the gauntlet of the legislative process and been subject to the you know, transparency and the give and take and the public access that it's supposed to. Yeah. Uh, there is one thing that kind of stops the worst abuses. Uh, mm-hmm. In 2016, voters passed what's known as Proposition 54, okay. which created a three-day public uh, notice requirement. So uh, under Prop 54, you can't pass a bill unless the final language of that bill has been in print and available for the public to see for at least 72 hours. Now, the legislature has tried to find all kinds of ways around that, as you might expect, but that is a provision in our state constitution that's supposed to, at least in theory, uh, prevent items from getting jammed through, rammed through uh, without at least a modicum of, uh, of advance notice. Right. I know we can go like online and we can read the bills in this state. Um, okay. I guess I'll let me get you out of here on a few things because I know you're you're extremely busy. And um, is the the book right now is only available right now through your website, where it'll be something you send out to people. Yeah. So if you can yeah. go to my website, uh, electkevinkiley.com, it's there. Or if you just Google my name, Kevin Kiley, and yeah. uh, go to the website that comes up, uh, you can order it. And uh, we have a paperback version and an yeah. ebook as well that you can yeah. order directly from the website, and uh, it'll uh, be available uh, January tenth. Oh, awesome. So I'm going to, I kind of, I kind of, as someone that ran for office, I was kind of, I've been living vicariously through you just in terms of like, I want to be like that guy. And I think, and I was looking you up a little and it's like, okay, so your dad, my dad was also a doctor or my mom was also a teacher. I'm like, this is meant to be. Um, So, so, I mean, I, I, I'm sending the book to my dad because it's going to have my name on it so that he calls me and he's like, 
I got this thing in the mail for you. What is it? And it's like back in Long <laughs> Island. I'm like, just open it. It's for you. It's the Recall Newsom book. Oh, I love it. That's he'll great. Read, he'll read anything. I don't think he would have voted for me if he lived in California, but that's beside <laughs> the point. Um, so some fun things. I know you're from, uh, did you grow up in the district that you represent? Did you grow up in- up? North? I did, yep. Have you ever been to Sunsplash? I have, yeah. I have. Times. Uh, yeah I, have you been? I once did a gig there at three in the morning. It, did, it didn't go for Granite Bay High School. Oh, that, I went to Granite Bay. Yeah, was was it a grad night? Yeah, I did grad night one day. Oh, one yeah. Well, I might have been there. I, we had our sober grad night there when I graduated. No, no they, they yanked me early. It just wasn't meant to be that. Oh, night. they did. Okay. But they were a good yeah, group. They still do it there at, uh, at Sunspot. I, I hope so. It's tricky because I do a lot in California. And now last year, my gag you know, was postponed to this year. And who knows when they'll allow it. Um, good. Do you have a favorite movie lawyer that you've seen? Based on your experience. Favorite movie lawyer. Yeah, or like favorite movie, like does A Few Good Men stand out to you? <laughs> or is it something else from experience? You, you, I, you know, I, um, gosh, the the, one, the classic one, uh, my cousin Vinny is always, okay. uh, you know, right up there. I think when it comes to lawyer movies. I always read John Grissom's books too when I was a kid. I did, uh, I read the, yeah, over so, the summer. The what's firm. that? I read The Firm like before ninth grade. Yeah, yeah. I, I always enjoyed those. And, you know, a number have been adapted into movies. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's probably as about as good as I can do for an answer on that one. Okay. Is there is there a next movie you're excited to see? Oh, gosh. I, I can't tell you the last time I, I mean, theaters have been closed for one thing. But I don't know. Are there any lawyer movies coming out? Or no, or just saying in general, if there's anything like, I know like Wonder Woman 84 is like going to come out <laughs> in the coming weeks. Or I, I have no idea. I'm, I'm just trying to throw you some non-political questions. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'd have to look at what's coming out. Oh, yeah. And um, Kings fan, I take it. Yeah, yeah. Are you, do you have... I, yeah. We, uh, they The refs messed with you way back when. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. you could have that. <laughs> yeah, they did. No, they did. I'm a Knicks fan, so I have it worse. So it's oh, okay. Knicks. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we're we're way off. Um, okay, one other thing. Do you, do you know of other people named Kevin Kiley? I do actually. There's a, a few rather infamous uh, yeah. people with my name out there. I was uh, trying to get another up? one to show up, but he didn't. Ah, really? Yeah. Okay. There's a, he was a wrestler. Uh, this is wrestler. Yes, Kevin there's the wrestler. He didn't want to show up. Huh? Well, he's my Facebook friend also. So I thought it would have been fun for a Kevin oh, really? Kylie to meet a Kevin Kylie. And then it'd last 30 seconds. And then you'd both leave. But yeah. Wow, that's funny. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of him. There's actually another politician like in. Connecticut, who actually switched parties. He was a Republican oh, and became okay. a Democrat. So okay. sometimes it's bad if people Google me and that comes up. Right. Um, and uh, there's a few others. So yeah, I'm aware that uh, unfortunately I'm not the only one. Yeah. A um, couple other things. If you were having part, when things open up again, when you have people over at your house, what music would you be playing? What music would you put on for your guests? You know, I try to be uh, fairly generic uh, when I do music. And uh, so, you know, I'll probably just put on something on Pandora with like Coldplay or, okay. uh, you know, John Mayer or something like that. Uh, okay. Okay. I did. I I still listen to John Mayer's first album. So that is good. And then the last thing, do you have a favorite comedian? Do you have like favorite funny people growing up? I think you're my favorite comedian now. Oh, you. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. The last political guy before you, I interviewed... Uh, the VP nominee for the Libertarian Party. And he said that, he said I was also his favorite after George Carlin, but. After George Carlin, okay. Thanks, Our but, family always has liked uh, Brian Regan. Uh, oh, he's great. So. Yeah, I teach comedy to kids and uh, I always play Regan clips for the kids so they see how the types of comedy work. 
Yeah, he's, he's pretty clean, I guess. Very clean, safe. very fair. Cool. Well, I guess um, what's the website people can go to for your book to go to Recall Newsom? Yeah, so the easiest way to get there would just be to go to my uh, my homepage, electkevinkiley.com, or just Google my name, Kevin Kiley, and it'll come up uh, as the first result, first or second result, and then you can get to the book from there. Uh, so, uh, you know, and it's also on my Facebook and Twitter and all that. Okay. Well, I do have to say that you have definitely met the moment. And, uh, <laughs> and we oh, will, uh... hear that phrase one more time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much, we, we were rapid fire. We were very efficient. So I wish the best to you and fighting for all of us. Again, you're like this, it, this folk hero whose legend continues to grow by the day, uh, to many of us. And I will let all the, the recall groups know of this conversation. So uh, definitely get back to more important things than talking to some guy in his home office slash abandoned Airbnb or whatever you call this place. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for accepting my friend request at a random day months ago. And uh, <laughs> maybe we'll round up the other Kevin Kylie one time and you'll yeah, ask, arm wrestle or something. I don't know. All right. Well, uh, well, you got, you guys have an extra week off now until to go back to work. So I guess, uh, hit Newsom up for the forward. Maybe he'll write the forward to the book for you. Yeah. maybe. (laughs) (laughs) He's at least, you know, how have just, how have the interactions been? Cause I know you mentioned that like, he once asked your opinion on like, should we open up schools for in-person education? And, you know, is he, does he communicate with you kind of straight? Can you tell there's like subtext to when he's asking you things or, do you want to kind of leave that to the side? Yeah, no, I mean, he, he's, he communicates with neither me nor any of the legislature, hardly at all. Uh, oh, okay. And it's been true ever since he's been in office. And, you know, they'll give us a notice that you can call into the, uh, some call with public health officials, uh, you know, 30 minutes in advance. And it'll make, tell us that after he's already made a decision and made an announcement. Oh, okay. Uh, even before this whole COVID-19, he made very little effort to have any dialogue with the legislature, which is in contrast to Jerry Brown, by the way, who actually went out of his way, oh, wow. okay. or at least, you know, went through the motions, I guess, of, uh, of you know, getting to know legislators and trying to work with us. So uh, it's kind of been, I don't know, I think Newsom has viewed it as beneath him. Uh, since he's been in office, he's been focused on, you know, trying to get national headlines and uh, working with the legislature to actually govern our state and make life here better has not been high on his priority list. Got you. And then I guess the postscript to a successful recall, a few people have asked me to ask you, would you throw your hat into being a governor, gubernatorial candidate for uh, that? Uh, that's not uh, something I'm considering. Uh, okay. uh, do you I mean, have, have, do you have your eyes on people that are already declared or not really? No, I mean, I think it's just uh, right now the focus needs to be on qualifying the recall. So okay. uh, I'm not right. thinking about right now, you know, who might run uh, in the, in the election that would follow. Uh, if we don't get the signatures by March 17th, then it's, uh, you know, it's yeah. a moot point. So I think right. that, you know, right now, uh, trying to focus too much on who the replacement candidate would be, yeah. um, you know, would be a distraction from what we really need to be focused on, which is making the case against Newsom and convincing folks that we need to have this referendum next year. Okay, sounds great. I will be spending my Christmas day going around the neighborhood with this. And, awesome. uh, and, you, and you, I'm sure will be, definitely a good follow on Twitter. So if anyone likes uh, a normal, common, decent politician, I actually found one and his name is Kevin Kiley. <laughs> Thank you for coming on Social Awkward. I'll let you get back to your busier schedule. All right. Thanks, Evan. I All appreciate right. it. Have a good one. 
All right. I want to thank Kevin Kiley for coming on the podcast. Uh, very nice of him to, sh- to spend this time with me and uh, take time away from all the things elected officials uh, have to do and have to deal with. Um, great staff as well. Um, so you can go to awkwardwithevan.com for other Facebook friend of interviews, uh, as well as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at awkward with Evan. And to support this podcast, patreon.com slash funny Evan. And to support Kevin Kiley and get his book that will come out in January, go to elect Kevin Kiley.com. Uh, I promised you awkward. I think I got some awkward questions in there and, uh, I have a few more episodes in the can ready to create and uh, i'll see you further up the road toodles thanks for listening go to awkwardwithevan.com to like share and subscribe to the podcast now for evan's mom to pick out his clothes for tomorrow see you next time on socially awkward with evan wexel wexel, wexel. wexel.